Welcome to the One More Rep Podcast, where we take it beyond the barbell. I'm your host, Modingo, and with me with a big jug of water. I got beer, too. <laughs> it's Brody. What's up, man? Hey, man. You know, we just did another episode, and uh, he didn't say, I didn't give a chance to say hi. He, ever since we started doing this beer introduction, it's like, and I got with me, Brody, what are you drinking? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and he say, hey, bro, like, I used to, you know, struggle with my intros, and now I, I think you just took them away from me. That's why I don't struggle anymore. You just took them away. If you haven't listened to our earlier episodes, you can you can hear the progression that Brody has made when it comes to his intros. Yeah, I just don't have the sweet, sexy voice like Mo. <laughs> hey, this is it's a lot of Zima. Yeah, a lot of Zima and a lot of Jolly Ranchers, and I think about to go into my third year with the other show. So lots of practice. Then I guess as you get older, your voice gets deeper, and he's definitely yeah. older. Got that James Earl Jones thing going on, and I am yes older. <laughs> Shit, I'm about ten years older than you. Thirty eight. Oh, okay. Not that not that much. You know, I didn't realize I was 38. I'm like... Oh, I always forget how old I am. Bro, I I'm about to, to my turn wife. 39. Like, what the hell's going on here, Mo? <laughs> hey, I'm over half dead. You're almost old enough to get free coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a free cold brew, I'd be down. Okay, there we go. Warehouse 4. Warehouse 4, where you at? Get your senior, get your senior discount ready. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the Instagram photos. Those are always pretty cool. Uh, we always like to see you rep your box and let us know where you're listening at. But most of all, um, thanks for being a part of this community. We really appreciate it. Yeah, if you're not liking and sharing our stuff, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was for me, not Mo. As he cracks open his North High Honey Wheat. This is going to be delicious. Yeah, I had to let him have that one because it's 5%. Honey and beer, it just it's like yin and yang, baby. <laughs> Wait, no, it can't be the yin and yang because that's opposites. <laughs> Honey and beer is like uh, me and my Xbox. <laughs> okay, I was going to say chalk and push presses. Yeah, that, that's better. <laughs> Let's go with that one. Chalk and push presses. No, this is going to be delicious. It's good. It's good? I, it's good. All right. I was, I'm kind of spoiled. We got a brewery down the street from us, and they release a honey Kolsch, mm. and it's a it's brewed with local honey. And uh, I yeah, guess maybe I'm, oh yeah, maybe I'm spoiled because that thing knocks this out the water. Mm. This is a little bit more potent though. But thanks, Mo. Mo's Mo's selection is getting much much better on the beer. Uh, <clears throat> he started the process with um, Bud Ice. And now we're drinking North High Brewing Company. I'm slowly working from my Columbus, way and he's got a left hand in his hand. Left hand, yeah, he's yes, got left, left hand, hand brewing left in hand. his left hand. So this week's episode, something that was on the original list long ago, long ago, before, it's still on the list. Yeah, it's before we even started recording, and even before we started doing the show, Bro had always harassed me about uh, becoming a potential gym owner one day. And one of the things we talked about, I still harass. Well, he you. still harasses me, so <laughs> it hasn't changed. But Honestly, one of the conversations I had in, in my experiences with CrossFit, uh, doing a lot of traveling, going to different gyms, and talking about my experience, and there a lot of them are vastly different. And I was kind of explaining those to Bro, and the way he kind of coined these two opposite ends of the spectrum is that he told me that some some people are gym owners, 
mm-hmm. and some people are hobbyists. Yep. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So gym owner versus hobbyist. Let's, let's just kind of cover what we're talking about there when you mentioned that to me. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to run your gym like a business, as you should, then it, it gets ran a specific way. If you are opening a gym for a place that you can work out and just hope that you make some money, that's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Don't claim that you're a gym owner when you are not actually, you don't own the gym. Technically, I guess, technically you do, but technically you don't because you really don't care what goes on inside of your gym. You're just there for a place for you to work out and your, your friends. Whereas an owner, no. First and foremost, I'm here for the people in my membership. I'm here for my members. I didn't open this gym to work out because I don't get a workout near as much. My workout becomes secondary. Theirs becomes primary. Their current concerns are primary. Mine are secondary. And you, as hobbyists, that's what happens is you tend to have the mindset of that, you know, you're, you're, you really just open this for fun. It's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't matter if you make money is what I've heard. And, uh, you know, if we add someone this month, that's cool. If not, that's fine. Um, I'm like, well, you're like, oh, for three, if you're a business owner, because I need to care about my people. Mm -hmm. I opened this gym to make money. Okay. And the subset of that is, you know, we can create a great community, have a great gym and have great offerings and still make a living off of this. And for those of you that are kind of new to the CrossFit community, if you wind the clock back to around 2010, 2011, as we identify as the Reebok era, one of the things you saw during that boom was a lot of gyms just opening up. A lot. Uh, to the point where I had just, the military just moved me to San Antonio at that point. And when I got there, as I was looking for a place to work out, there were about 20 gyms. Which is That's, small. Which is small for, for a that city side, that large. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then once the boom hit, over the course of the next two years, I think we swole to about 60 gyms. When I left in 2014 it had gone back down to about 30 or 40. Right. So just to show you in a, in a two-year time span, the number of gyms that closed, some of those people were probably hobbyists. And when my thought about the hobbyist aspect is, and this is just from observation, listening to other owners, is that folks thought they could open up a gym, work out three times a day, <laughs> yeah. and go to regionals. And make money. And make money. Right. Uh, but... One of the things that people didn't factor in were who's going to clean the toilets, um, who's going to do my marketing, who's going to mop the floors. And when these people that weren't necessarily prepared to be business people were faced with operational issues like the toilets clogged, uh, I need more members, I just uh, I need to get a rower fixed. When all those things started to creep in and they weren't prepared for that from a financial or business standpoint, it became challenging to continue to operate. Yeah. A hobby is something you can pick up and put down. <laughs> you know? Well, I want to do I, it for I guess a little, that's a good way to put it. I want to do it for a little bit and then, you know, when I'm bored, I'm I'll go do something else. That's mm-hmm. a hobby. And that's what happens. These gym owners open that you know, we've totally bashed the L one. I mean, I've bashed it. Mo's kind of like he semi-bashed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm converting him, guys. He's getting more angry. But no, L1's so easy to get, okay? Open there, there's it. no minimum requirement. Right. You don't have to be an owner for whatever. You don't have to be a CrossFitter mm-hmm. for however long. There's no, there's no prerequisites. Yeah. So 
I if I have three thousand dollars, pay my affiliate fee, and I'm gonna pay another thousand. So for four thousand dollars, I am now franchising. You theoretically could open up a yeah, gym. I'm yeah. franchising CrossFit, right? And then if you want to do it right, you can you could spend another five thousand. So under ten thousand dollars, you can start a gym, mm-hmm. right? Legitimately, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think we spent what did we spend. $6,000 in equipment when I first opened uh, the gym. So, you know, the equipment list was small. We, op- we bought what we had to buy that was a necessity, not a want, which is another huge pitfall these hobbyists make, is they furnish their uh, gym with $30,000 equipment, and they have no members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what happened? You don't need it. Like, you don't need equipment for 30 athletes per class if you have two athletes per class. Mm-hmm. So now you just got this, all this expensive equipment sitting there, you know, opened it. I opened, uh, trimmed this down. We opened this with six, like I said, $6,000 for equipment. And then every time we would add a member, we would add some equipment. Cause guess what? We get more money, mm-hmm. right? So we cover our overhead. We added equipment as needed. If we needed another couple barbells, we had money to do it because we were growing. Mm-hmm. So we grew organically is what, you know, is a term. We grew organically as our, as our, as our business grew, we grew with equipment. These hobbyists, these people who they'll go get a loan or they'll get a friend, a family, whatever, to give them money. They're going to go out and spend $30,000, $40,000 on equipment for something that is in its infant stage. Like it's just, it's just the first, I guess it's one of the first bad decisions you can make as an owner is buying all this equipment you don't need. Mm-hmm. It's not, you build it and they will come. It's not filled of dreams. <laughs> I mean, seriously, build, you build it and they will come. Come on, wake up. Yes. Yeah, so, so piggybacking off of that, build it and they will come thought process uh, in San Antonio. I, one of the first things I saw that, because I've always had a business uh, background being in the military and the positions I've held. So I kind of understand how business operations work. And one of the things that, I saw that made me raise my eyebrow initially for some of these um, for d- during the flood or the, the the bubble era is that these people were putting gyms in these really premium locations. Yeah. Um, storefronts in like big shopping areas, which is, is great from an aesthetics, uh, aesthetics perspective. Yeah. Also, um, as far as the foot traffic, you know, putting it in certain areas and Obviously, these higher end higher end malls are going to have a certain uh, economic demographic that are going to be in those areas. But with that comes the cost of having your facility in that area. There's a couple issues. First, you know, if you're going to open with sixteen, say it's well, I'll, I'll be generous. Let's say it's a ten thousand dollar overhead per month for a storefront that's new. That's, that's just to have a building to that's put just, your That's just that's your in. rent per month. Just mm-hmm. put that in, right? And then uh, you have zero members, and you're gonna even if you charge two hundred dollars per member, right? You have to do a lot of work just to get your rent covered, mm-hmm. right? It's just, and that's not even to pay utilities, mm-hmm. pay whatever else that you have. If you're if you're opening this large scale like you want, are you paying your staff? What money are you making that you're not in the red? day one where mm-hmm. you can never recover. Our first month that we were open, we were in the black, $100, mm-hmm. 100 bucks. We made $100 profit very first month of opening. That was after all expenses paid and everything. And that, that to me was great. I was okay with that, mm-hmm. you know. Which and, from an accounting perspective, you normally don't expect to turn a profit until like a three-year point. Right. 
yeah, I mean, we're profitable. And then it just keeps building. And the other issue you have, you go in these storefronts, people are like, oh, it's such a sweet space. Yeah, you have six-foot ceilings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do when you have someone 6'4 putting a barbell above <laughs> their head? Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or when you're dropping the barbells and you're, uh, you have two different stores on both side, sides of you and mm-hmm. someone's dropping 225-pound barbell from overhead mm-hmm. constantly for an hour. Mm-hmm. They're going to complain, and guess what? You get evicted. I mm-hmm. see it happen all the time to the point where people don't have another place to go. Yeah, you said you saw that recently on the affiliate farms. It's all where, over, you know. yeah. You drop, they drop in the barbells, get a noise complaint, noise ordinance, mm-hmm. right? And then they actually will get physically shut down unless they have to. They have to I've seen people build um, like crash pads where they, if they go overhead with it, they have to guide it down to this, these crash pad mats on mm-hmm. each side. They have to have a specific flooring or matting made, mm-hmm. uh, like a brick. I think it's Brick CrossFit up in New York. They mm-hmm. had the Rogue had to help them design so they could keep their location. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's that's a big scale, but it does happen. People do complain and they do get evicted. And when your neighbors hate you, well, our neighbors hate us, but our landlord loves <laughs> us. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's I've seen it happen. I've heard of it happening. I I read about it happening consistently. So you're already, you're in a big deficit. You're 30,000 in debt for equipment. You got, say, 10,000. That's pretty lenient for a storefront. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably looking at 15 to 16 grand per month there. And then you got your neighbors who hate you. Mm-hmm. Well, now you, and you just signed a one-year lease and you're about to get evicted. Mm-hmm. You still got to pay that shit. And talking about that, that noise ordinance issue, I actually have a friend of mine who owns a gym who they're not going to be allowed to renew their lease uh, which I think is kind of garbage because like the landlord won't even talk to them, not returning their phone calls, emails, anything. They just want them out yeah. because I guess they're tired of the noise complaints. Um, it's just re- that's the reality. Yeah, and that's the reality. You can't make them release you the, the facility. Nope, because in the grand scheme of things, if you own a, a building and you have multiple people in that building, you know, left and right and behind you. Mm-hmm. They care more about the other three than the one. Than the one. Yeah, yeah. you're always going to get ousted. And, you know, CrossFit is going to, as always, CrossFit's the first to go in anything. Mm-hmm. Even going back to thinking about that, those some of those locations in San Antonio, uh, where are you going to run? You know, because it was like a major traffic area. Where are you going to park? Uh, where are you going to park? They tried to get creative and have people, like, run behind the facility, but then there's, like... Uh, cargo trucks and things like that going back and forth because it was a pretty massive storefront. One of the anchor stores was a grocery store. So there's always, you know, something coming and going when it comes to that aspect. And again, it was a great location, uh, great aesthetic look to it, but it wound up not working for them to the point where it had to shut down because they couldn't afford to keep it open anymore. When you're going to start a business, man, we start, when we started this gym, the process it's going to be different for everybody. But this process starts way in advance before you even have the location, right? You have to do so much work before you even have a building. You can't find a building, get your affiliate, and then start the process of what your business is going to be. Because mm-hmm. if you do, then now you're now I'm already paying. I paid my 3000 affiliate, and then I've found the building, so I'm paying rent for something I'm not even using. That's mm-hmm. stupid. Um, but there's a lot of work that goes ahead of time. Like, what what can you afford, Got to be honest. Like, what do we need? Not what do we want mm-hmm. as as equipment. Uh, vital vital things that come as fi- on the financial side, so that if you do hit a rough patch or 
you know, something is slow, you still have a cushion. It's a contingency. Yeah, you have a, you know what your bottom dollar is that you need to bring in per month. And you then you look for a, a building that you can afford mm-hmm. with that cushion built in. Like, everything can look sweet. I, I, our, our gym, when we took it over, it was a hellhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you showed me the covered pictures. In, covered in black soot. You would never even know that our gym looked the way it did. Mm-hmm. But it takes time, you know. We of course paint the walls. We started with something basic as painting the walls, painting the railing, you putting new paint on it. Over time, as you grow, you reinvest into your gym, and mm-hmm. we always reinvest about ninety percent of our earnings every single year goes right back into this gym in one way, shape, or form. It just it does, mm-hmm. and you can do that up front, but. You just what you're going to have is an empty, sweet-looking gym. <laughs> That's it. You yeah. got no members. You're going to be faced. You're getting you're, the financial crush that you're going to get from crap. How are we going to pay our rent? Now you got to take out of your own personal pocket, mm-hmm. or you got to ask someone for money because mm-hmm. your landlord don't care if you don't have the money. They you, want their check. Yeah. They're a business owner too. <laughs> mm-hmm. They want their money. So, you know, there's a lot of pitfalls you can do if you're going to open this as a hobby or as a business. You got to avoid a lot. Another trap I saw people fall into was, purchase, you know, they found a good facility, good location, but it was too big. The thought process being like, I'll just fill it up. Yeah, so easy. And I'm going to go get 20 members. I'll be right back, <laughs> right? No problem. And I'm going to get the highest quality members that mm-hmm. I can. And just go go get them because yeah. they're out there waiting. They're knocking down my door, yeah. right? Come on. Yeah, uh, building... Uh, I saw people select facilities that were, they were good on working space, could do everything they needed to do, but you can't hope to fill a space. Ideally, you like to outgrow the space that you have. Mm -hmm. And I've seen plenty of facilities have to move because they've outgrown, outgrown themselves. And and that's a good, that's a good thing. That's a great thing to happen. Right. And I think that, you know, you can get if you can get a, a large area and it's the price is reasonable per month in comparison to what you're doing, say you wanted um, say you want a, a four or five thousand square foot facility, but you see one that's eight or nine and mm-hmm. it's only a few hundred dollars more a month, that's a pretty good deal. But if it's doubling or you know two and a half times what you're paying for a rent at a five thousand square foot, that's just a dumb move, mm-hmm. right? Because if you get a good deal, and that's usually your bigger cities because they're trying to get, they're trying to fill they just all these. want to get something occupied. Yeah, they're trying to fill all money. these vacant buildings yeah. and stuff. And you can get really like, I know Seatown um, CrossFit uh, a couple years ago, they took over, I think it was a 14,000 square foot facility. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And, uh, it, but they got such a great deal on it. You can't really turn it down. It was basically given to them. Mm-hmm. So, their overhead is almost zero for the amount of people that they have, mm-hmm. but they got a good deal on it. So if you do that, that's cool, but it just comes. You can't get a big location hoping you're going to feel it or fill it, and then you can't start a gym and build it, and they will come philosophy and invest all your money up front, and then they don't come. <laughs> and then the, the flip side of that size thing, I saw some gyms that were smart about their size, smart about their location, but where they – didn't make some good choices as they didn't expand to a larger facility when they had a certain amount of membership to the point where safety became an issue because right. people are just too close, too packed in, and it just became challenging for them. Yeah, I mean, you 
it's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt said it best, you know, Plop, and we had him on here. It's CrossFit's tough, and it's not just tough because of the business side. There's there's hard decisions to be made. There's where do you spend your where do you spend your money? Mm-hmm. Okay, and if and if you don't have a good financial backer, and you're doing this organically like we did, you know there is no net. We have no net. It's mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to climb a climb a ten thousand foot pole, Mo, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to catch me. Yeah, it's it's either I'm going to make it to the top of that pole, or I'm going to fall and I'm going to die. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality of the business. It's not, there's no, there's not all these safety nets. It's, you know, I think once you get established, you know, I would say we're established, mm-hmm. you get a great core of members that, you know, tend to, you know, maybe occasionally one or two will leave through a year, mm-hmm. but you have a good big, big core nucleus that, okay, you know, I know that for sure I have, you know, I have some stability in that aspect as mm-hmm. long as I keep doing what I'm doing. I know I have X amount a month coming per month. And then we have a 30-day cancellation policy, so that helps us make some more. You can dis- forecast a little bit. Right. So if I know I have you know, eight or $9,000 coming in this next month, and I know what my bills are, and we have X, I know I can purchase this if we need it. Uh, we might need a couple barbells. Let's wait till next month. We'll just buy three or four, right? Because we know we have this much money coming in. So. Now, in certain businesses, there are countermeasures you can take, but with CrossFit being so new uh, from the business side of it, in, in terms of owner, you know, gym ownership, this is all uncharted territory. People, There's no book you can buy that says, this is what you need to do to be a successful CrossFit business. You can talk to other owners and you can get stories. There's no de facto like course you can take or book you can read that will guarantee your success. I mean, in business in general, but more so in CrossFit, it's, it's all new. It's, I won't say it's the Wild West. Things have calmed down a little bit, but there are some best practices you can identify you know, throughout the world that will help you know, secure longevity where, you know, rewind it eight years ago, we didn't have that. You know, we do talk about how tough the business is in CrossFit, but... It's almost like Olympic lifting. It it, it it looks so complex, but it's so simple. <laughs> it really is. We're, we're dead, in the first pool, we're deadlifting a barbell that's mm-hmm. way under our deadlift max. Okay? We're driving our feet through the ground to the, through the second pool, getting into the pocket, being patient, and then we're going to unleash hell on that barbell vertically, mm-hmm. you know, pushing through our heels and midfoot, and we're going to catch this thing, this barbell. It in essence, it's so simple, but there's so much that can go wrong in between. Cross, owning a CrossFit gym is simple in the fact that... There's some key elements you've talked to me about that you, you I have think... To be, you be personable, yeah. but if you're not personable, but even similar, smaller than that, you, treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. If something's dirty, clean it, mm-hmm. right? Listen to what your members have to say. It doesn't mean they're right, but you listen to them, mm-hmm. Okay. Give them a place that they can separate themselves from society, okay? Because, you know, people have very stressful lives and jobs or just a bad day, whatever. Give them a home away from home, and then that will spread like a wildfire. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very simple. It's, it's nothing crazy. It, 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 you could probably sum all that. Just treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be segregated from society as a person? 
or you want to be part of society as a person. So are you going to segregate your members apart from each other, from the competitive to the non-competitive athletes like we've talked about? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to bring them all together as one? You tell me what you would rather. Do you want to walk into your, uh, the most filthiest place that you call your home and go to use a bathroom and it's caked in urine? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to go into somewhere where you can walk barefoot and go into the bathroom and it, it look nice? It's, mm-hmm. it's so simple. Just do the simple things in CrossFit as a business and keep, a, you know, you got you to gotta progress like in anything as a business sense and keep learning and, and evolving Man, just treat people how you want to be treated and have a, just give them a place where they want to be. They can't imagine being anywhere else. And yeah, they, that, and they that won't third leave. space that we've described before. So you have your home and you have your work. And you, you got know, that transition. And you got that gym. transition to the gym. Yeah. So, yeah, creating an environment in a space where people look forward, you know, throughout the day. Oh, well, hey, let me go look up the workout. Right. Or, hey, I hope so and so is there today. I haven't seen them in a while. Oh, hey, so and so is getting ready to leave. So we got to go make sure we get it there tonight to say goodbye to them. You know, creating those experiences in those environments that are centered around the people that make your community versus some of those early gyms we saw where they were more focused on money. Themselves. And, and themselves. Yeah. And just creating a name for them in the ability to produce elite athletes. Where right. and we talked about it earlier, what percentage of CrossFit athletes make it to regionals? Yeah, what percentage of CrossFit athletes make it to the games? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you, uh, let me let me flip this as a business. What does that do for you as a business? What's it do? It doesn't make me no money. <laughs> I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. I don't get anything from HQ if I send a, a regional qualifier. I don't get anything from HQ if I send a games athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't get anything from it. I don't get anything. I don't. I don't have members knocking down my door because we sent a girl to games or I've worked with regional athletes or I've had you know, high-level weightlifter. It, it doesn't happen. Now, will you get a good reputation of being a good trainer and a good coach and things like that? Yeah, can that eventually attract, attract people? Yeah, but it's not something like, oh, as soon as I send someone to regionals, I'm going to gain 25 members. Oh, okay, so like, yeah, there's no... like. Uh directly proportional relationship like if you do if you achieve this right this will happen because i tell you what <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet if i gained 20 you know but even uh even if i did gain 25 members we were me and mo were just talking off mic you know you, just because you get 25 doesn't mean that you're going to get 25 because some of them may not like your gym some of them may not like what mm-hmm. you do as programming some of them may not fit in with your culture because anybody that comes in our gym that's new you you, if our people and you don't get along, then you're not going to work out here because that's what I, it's, it's the biggest thing for us. When we'll accept any and everybody as a member, as long as they, uh, our members like them and they like our members and they believe in what we're doing. And that's just, that's as simple as it is. And going back to those, you know, getting 20 new people, one of the things Aaron Janetti said on his interview with us when we first started, right. he said he's got businesses calling him, say, hey, I can get you 20 leads. He's like, I don't want 20 leads. He's right. like, you don't have, have any idea like how much time and energy goes into 20 athletes? It's ridiculous. You know, he's like, I want five quality leads that I know I can work with and that they will be conducive with our community and that they will stay here for a long, a long time. Yeah, for the longest time. And maybe it's getting away from that a little bit. It used to be a thing in the 
some still do it. And they're like, first thing you hear as a gym owner is like, how many members you got? I'm like, I don't know, dude, what you bench? Like, what's up? <laughs> like, it's the same thing. It's just, it's the same. Like, I just met you and you're asking me how many members I got. Cause you know, I'm an owner. Like, uh-huh. Like, I don't, I'll share with you. I don't care, but like, hey, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. How's things going? Business good? Yeah. No, why you, what does it matter? Are we like, stop trying to, you know, measure me up because yeah. of maybe I have a hundred less members than you. Cause then I'll like, well, how's your quality of members? Like, how's your coaching? Mm-hmm. How do your members move? Mm-hmm. How's your community? Is there any segregation? Do they all get along? Do you have a clean bathrooms? Do you have a nice facility? I could all pick apart your crap all day long, bro. You can have as many members you want. It doesn't matter. Maybe you are just in a hotbed that is accepting, you know, has a huge pool to pull from Mm -hmm. in in the cities. And then maybe your pricing is slightly different. Maybe you run these uh, uh, 50% off months for whatever, if you bring a friend, all this crap. Maybe you'll discount all the new people and just make all your people paying full price suffer. (laughs) That have been there for 10 years. Yeah, like I always hated that. Direct TV would call me like, uh, or I'd see on direct TV, all new members get the NFL Sunday ticket free. I'm like, bro, I've been with you 10 years, yeah. 10 years I've been paying and I don't even get a discount. Like it's like when I was a kid, man. my dad used to get frustrated cause he's been, he's had sports illustrated like ever since I was a, a child and like they offer all these incentives and right. he's like, why don't I get any of this? Yeah, I've been with you forever. Cause they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They <laughs> care about the new getting the money in getting that turnover going. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to retain every single member you get because it's impossible, mm-hmm. but- And you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. It, it, Military, medical move, you know- It can th- happen. Those are things that happen. Life can happen. Financial issues Financial, happen. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I'll never say, like Janae said, you bring me 20, I don't even- You're interjecting 20 people into our gym- that from they're 20 all, different personalities they're all 20 different personalities i know that they're all not all going to mesh mm-hmm. because i've seen it happen here we've had people come in they just it just doesn't they don't mesh and mm-hmm. that's okay it's are we the assholes or are they assholes mm-hmm. i don't care they just don't fit and i will never sacrifice what we have here for one member or 50 mm-hmm. members you could say brody you're getting 50 members tomorrow i'm like i don't want 50 members mm-hmm. I w- I'll take the money, <laughs> like, but, but you know, saying that's what it equates to. You get fifty new members, and you know, ours one hundred forty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, the money be pretty sweet right off the bat. But at the same time, there's I things that come with that. A lot that comes with yeah. that, and number one that comes with that is the possibility that it's going to ruin what we have and the dynamic of that our an atmosphere that our gym has. And no amount of money, no person, nothing. But yeah, no amount of money, no person will ever come in here and take away from what we have fought to build Mm -hmm. and our members fight daily to keep. And as I've continued to be part of this culture and that bubble has, has, has since passed, I feel as if that behavior is a lot less frequent than it was before. You don't, you, you see people being a little bit more judicious when they decide to open a gym. You you still see those gyms that open and close really quick, right. but not nearly at the scale that we did six years ago. And I remember having that conversation with my wife when HQ initially signed that deal with Reebok. We were like, uh-oh. Like, we were genuinely worried because we didn't want it to, to get watered down and for it to go away with what we had come to embrace and, and love. And, you know, 
the best filter for a good business is see how long it stays open. And I think, you know, because even uh, Greg Glossman says that, you know, survival of the fittest. And that's intentionally why he doesn't put all these constraints on what you can and can't do once you once you pay your affiliation fee. Because that, that's his philosophy, you know, the strong will survive. And we see some gyms stay open for 10 years plus. We see some gyms stay open for two. And that's just kind of his philosophy. So I don't think he's got an issue with whether you're a hobbyist or an owner. He don't care. But I know who does care, and that's the people that are paying you yep. to get them to be better versions of themselves. I think you said it good. You know, they're concerned uh, – Mel and Mo were concerned that it was going to water down CrossFit mm-hmm. with the interjection of all these businesses. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because honestly, quality will always outlast quantity. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't have to have the largest military force, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're the we're most small le- and efficient. Yeah. We're the most lethal, though. No one's going to mess with us. It's not even comparable, right? It doesn't matter if you have 1 million soldiers because. We're, we're 10 to 1 on you, bro. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is because the quality and the, and the training and the, and the time invested is so much better that you will outlast it, whatever. And the, the, the people will find, and I think where the big switch has come, if you're a good gym, you're a quality gym, people will find you. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. They will find you because back when we were in it, you had I had two options, three options, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I can think of 10. I, I had one right, when and, I first started. And now you have these options. So you as owners, I'm an owner too, and I know this, but I practice it daily. You have to treat your members right. You have to give them the quality coaching. You have mm-hmm. to be attention to them. You can't let them swing, swing around on a band doing stuff dangerously and tell them good job. Mm-hmm. Like they're not stupid. Don't treat them like they don't know what the heck's going on. When they see someone beside them doing it proper and then they're doing it and they know it's not proper. And then you tell them great job. Well, that's like letting a dog walk in your house and shit on your carpet and saying, <laughs> Oh, such a good boy. And giving him a treat. Yeah. Like yeah. here you want, you want a treat? Like, no, bro, his nose is going in and, and that, and he's getting kicked out the door. Like you ain't doing he's that. He's going again. on timeout. And, but that's the thing. You can't sit here and you you can't do it anymore because there's mm-hmm. so many options. You will lose members if you mistreat them. You will lose members if you uh, you don't, like I said, you have to listen to them. You don't always have to do what they say. Mm-hmm. But don't, you got you to gotta ask yourself in the mirror. We were just talking about this. Is their complaint valid? Mm-hmm. And if it's valid and you don't fix it, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. It is. Because they're the ones that are keeping your lights on. Right. And I think sometimes when you start getting a little established, you start letting that go a little bit because you're like, oh, we got a foothold in this thing. No, you don't, bro. Because first thing to go is in CrossFit is CrossFit. Like people will cut you out of their lives. Yeah. As soon as a financial, financial crunch happens. Yeah. 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 CrossFit's the first to go no matter what. It's just the way it is. And we are not a necessity, even mm-hmm. though we should be. Agreed. Right. Well, I mean, I, I make it a choice to make it a necessity. Right. But not everybody has nope. that ability. Nope, they don't. We're not a necessity. It's not like it's not like electric or gas. <laughs> you know, I've seen that as a necessity or house payment or car payment. Mm-hmm. Those are necessities. We are we are not a necessity. Okay. So we will be cut out as needed mm-hmm. of their life. If we don't give them a service and they think CrossFit is a necessity, like Mo said, 
they will find a gym that gives them the service that they now want, Mm -hmm. that the bathrooms are clean, that the floors are clean, that they're getting coached up, that, uh, you know, there's no clicks or drama inside the gym. They will find that gym and then they'll go to it. And it's probably safe to say that the person who is, air quote, new to CrossFit now is far more intelligent about CrossFit than they were in 2008. Because I remember I knew exactly nothing about it when I walked in and my world got rocked. Mm -hmm. Where now as when I have people that come in that want to get involved, they're like, oh, I have a friend that does it. Or I saw it on TV. Or I looked up some videos. Or, you know, XYZ. They have some sort of frame of reference now. And if you don't think that they're basically shopping when they come to you, this is what they're doing. They're shopping. Absolutely. Even when I moved here, you know, uh, four years ago, we shopped around, you know, and we found a place that was conducive to where we lived, where I work, and it worked, and it worked well for us. But yeah. I shopped. No, you're right. And I didn't just go to the first place and like, oh, I'm gonna pull up chalks here. I'm gonna tell you straight up. I've had people visit and then be like, uh, we'll we'll be talking and be like, man, my buddy's gym is nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you. You, they'll compare. They'll talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, what you we do? What's your workout? Uh, we we did like sit ups and like <laughs> air squats for five minutes. And uh, well, what was your strength? Oh, we don't run strength at our gym. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, Would you for a warm up? Oh, they just had stuff on the whiteboard. We just did it mm-hmm. on our own. No. Yeah, yeah. The, the consumer. Uh, yeah. And let's just say. Yeah. What they are, the consumer is far more intelligent. Now. Yeah. They're like, dude, get the hell out of that gym, mm-hmm. like. That's not right. And, and with uh, communications the way they are on social media where, you know, they can, they can text their cousin in San Diego and say, hey, is yeah. this what is, is this normal? normal? Yeah. yeah. Like, it seems really off. It's not what I thought. Mm-hmm. And then be like, no, dude, that's definitely not normal. And, and speaking to that, like my aunt, whose best friend just moved to, you know, a, you know, a town that I had lived in previously. And they were like, hey, do you have any recommendations for gyms? Yes, I do. Yeah. Never right. met this woman before in my life. You know, just kind of ran the quick screen. What's your experience? What are you looking for? Where do you live? You know, what's your flexibility? How much, you know, what can you afford? Just, you know, kind of running that checklist for them. Like, okay, well, I, my buddy's gym is way over here. I really wish you could go there. It's just too damn far. But it, I, I would recommend dropping in. But here's the ones in your area. They're affiliated. You know, they've, uh, you know, I, I talked to my buddy. He, he gave him the thumbs up, blah, blah, blah. You know, so consumer, you know, your athletes slash consumers are, far more intelligent intelligent like i said they have more options mm-hmm. it's if you got like two crossfit gyms it's, it's like well it's 50 50 and what yeah. happens if they both suck <laughs> now what what do you do do you go get your affiliate and do it at home on youtube i don't yeah. what do you do you know what i mean so um we just had a girl she moved um she was here for nine months but she's on rotations and it sucked losing her she's moved out to uh, malibu <laughs> california no, so i'm uh, sure port, she'll yeah. have a hard time finding no, a crossfit like, gym out there she is, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's what's funny, right? Because you think, well, you have such a big location, you won't have a hard time. Well, she is because um, when you get accustomed to something and, or your expectations X, and when you go into gym after gym after gym, and it's completely the polar opposite of that, you start getting, she's getting very, very discouraged. And like, mm-hmm. I just, she's about to give up. And it, just like it happened with Brian, don't mm-hmm. give up. Like, find a gym that you want. Mm-hmm. And then that's your gym. Like we have the ability to do that now. Back in the day, you don't, you didn't have that. It's like you just did CrossFit to do CrossFit because that's the only place you could do CrossFit, right? You know, 
consumers are smarter and then they also have more options and that's that's and, and, and i really think you know globally to kind of sum this up is if you make your community one that people want to go to i don't really know that you can go wrong you know like you said People don't really take, I mean, little things, you might think it's little as an athlete or an individual because your standards are higher or lower, but things Mm -hmm. like clean bathrooms, clean floors, people, you know, as a whole greeting you when you walk in, when you're a stranger, nothing I can't stand more when I walk into a box I've never been to and everybody looks at me like, like I'm, like I'm a total, total stranger. Who the hell are you? Yeah. I don't know. You know, for, for me, if I see someone I don't recognize, I've even done in the middle of workouts, like the coach is busy you know, all this other chaos is going on. I've stopped and walked over and be like, hey, uh, I'm sorry. I'm all sweaty. I'm breathing hard, but I'm Mo. Can I help you? <laughs> You'd be like, where's the machines? <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. It's, God, that's and just- I'm not even an owner, you know, but that's the ownership that I take with my community because I know if I take care of my owner, my owner is going to take care of our community. When we set up the gym, uh, we had three key things that we wanted to focus on. That was um, atmosphere, training, programming. Mm-hmm. literally in that order, right? First and foremost, we wanted to build the best atmosphere possible because like Mo said, you can have the, you know, we could have the best training and best programming, but if your atmosphere sucks, people don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So you have to create an area where people will literally want to be there as much as possible, mm-hmm. right? Because we talked about it. CrossFit will be the first to go and if they find a way out because it's just not clicking with them anymore, they're going to leave and that can happen. But atmosphere is huge. yeah, Someone comes in the door, you don't have to, you know, bum rush them like you were there at like Hollister, like they used to. <laughs> like, oh, is it the, the buckle challenge? Or, yeah, the my buckle too. Like, that. oh my yeah. gosh, dude, like, you know, you don't have to do that to them. But, you know, I, uh, people need to say hi to them and introduce them. But the atmosphere should be buzzing, everybody laughing, mm-hmm. grunting, screaming, yelling, mm-hmm. crying. Cheering what, each other yeah, on. Yeah, cheering yeah. each other on, getting through the workout. And that can be intimidating, but create an atmosphere that's good. And then the rest, you, know, you don't have to then have the best program. You don't have to have the best training mm-hmm. because you you should. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying the atmosphere has so much weight in it that it's, it. I don't know. I, I'd say it's number one in my mm-hmm. book. And I think you can sum it up by saying that if your athletes know that you as an organization care about them, they will in turn care about you and do everything they can to make that the best place for everyone to come work out. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I was telling Mo, I think it was the last episode that, you know, coaches never seek recognition mm-hmm. or they shouldn't. Like, now I, I, at the same time, I, I'm not stupid in saying that, you know, when I help an athlete that I had no hand in doing that, I'm not dumb. It's a 50 50. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to give them, they had to give me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he said something that's really special for owners because a lot of times you, you, a lot of stuff that you do or should be doing, people never see mm-hmm. how late you're up, the brainstorming, the ideas, <laughs> the the things you're you know writing down, you're playing in your head, the the sacrifice, the commitment, the the unrelentless you know things you do to make this the best place for them my owner amelia i'll wake up in the morning and there'll be a message from like three o'clock that night in our owners group or in our coaches group i'm like man she she cares you know and when they see that right and your members see that then when you need them they'll be there Mm -hmm. and without question we just did a huge remodel at our gym you Mm -hmm. know and we had like 50 people here 
that are spent, on their weekend on their yeah. weekend for eleven hours, putting the grid. Like you know, I like I'm go big or go home. Like <laughs> we literally had it was eleven straight hours of work mm-hmm. with you know fifty forty to fifty people, and uh, they didn't have to be here. Mm-hmm. Just all of it wouldn't have got done, but that tells me and shows me how much they care about doing this mm-hmm. for them and the others and how much they appreciate what we do for them. I mean, it didn't cost them anything. You know, I bought them pizza, mm-hmm. you know, and then we picked up this or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's nice. And when you get that little nudge of, um, or the, a text from a member and tell how much they appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you that takes about 180 hours worth of work and that, it was just tough mm-hmm. and grinding and gets rid of it because it means that much. To me, the funniest comment after all this was said, done is, I don't know who it was, but like, are you going to raise our prices? Right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, <laughs> like, cause we're not, we're, you know, we're not like, we're not fancy here. Like we, we like to keep it looking nice. We put our, we, we repaint our walls every year mm-hmm. or every two years. And, um, you know, we put money in just, we like it to look nice, but not for, I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. It's not for anybody coming in. It is not. It's for the members. It is for the members. I, I would never do that. We will never do that as a gym. We'll never put money into our gym aesthetically to gain membership because if that's the type of member that's coming in because they care about how we look, I don't want you anyways. I want you to be part of our family. I want you to like our people, like our trainers, like our programming, like our atmosphere. I care about that. Like, Mm -hmm. If it's the paint on the walls and stuff, like you're too foo foo for me, bro. <laughs> Get out. Like, but yeah, they as, did. As they, we drink our eleven dollar four packs, with pinkies up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, they asked if uh, we were um, country club excess now, yeah. and uh, if their memberships were getting raised because I never said anything. <laughs> but no, it's same thing, just something for our people. All right, so this week's call to action. Why don't you go ahead and put a comment in the notes below and tell us the best part about your gym, what it is that makes it a community and a family. Got anything else? Man, I don't know. That was good. I got back-to-back episodes just... Off the dome. Dude, we pulled this out from the depths of hell. Well, we've been talking about this on and off for, you know, since December. So, yeah, just felt like the right time to talk about it. Yeah, man. It's good to talk about. I think that I'm glad. I I hope there's more owners out there that kind of you know, we keep getting new gyms. I really mm-hmm. do because the more gyms that we have, the more times is we all win. Everybody wins. Yeah. It's not like, and I also, now I got another gym to compete against. <laughs> right. But, and, and, and I'm not just saying this, any gym can open up right beside me. Mm-hmm. I don't care, bro. Like I'm comfortable with what I offer. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with how I treat my members. Let's get along and make yeah, some money. Like, exactly. Let's do this. I'm, you have an event. I'm going to send my people. You have an event. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I have an event. You send your people. Like, that's the reality. Like, our culture in CrossFit, and um, it's, we talk about. The, I've talked about the Columbus community a lot. Their culture there is, as affiliations, is awesome. You go there, they all get along. They all love each other. They just all have a great time together. It's like a big party. And the more time, more gyms we can get like that. Mm-hmm is greater for everybody. Yeah. Not just as a business, but we get in, you get to touch more people's lives. Mm-hmm. So every, a gym that opens and they get 70, 80, 100 people in there, that's 70, 80, 100 people that's not in my gym mm-hmm. that are doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. I want that. And as an owner, I think we need that. We, we've talked about how obese our country is. Like, mm-hmm. Give people more options. 
give them a value mm-hmm. of, to do things or a good a good quality product and allow them to spend their money on something that they love mm-hmm. and then in the return they get in better shape and yeah. get off meds and they get yep. you know it's get more fit they lose too. the fat they look get a six pack and you know get to have fun with the people yeah, absolutely all right well that brings this week's episode to a close i'm mo and i'm out see you guys thank you for listening to the one more rip podcast you can follow us on facebook and instagram at one more rip podcast or on twitter at can i get one more or shoot us an email at can i get one more at gmail.com so i have a left-hand stout peach berlini rattler oh it's four percent so Uh oh so maybe about 12 minutes in I'll be a little chuckly. <laughs> Most the drunkest girl at the party. Yeah, man. Zemas and Jolly Ranchers. Check, check. <laughs> Tennessee, when the regionals were going on, like you said, he didn't realize it was in the, the building next to his hotel. <laughs> he said he was, uh, they had a family reunion. And he said he was walking down the street and he saw a bunch of girls in booty shorts and, you know, hair ties. And he was like, oh, hey, those look like my people. <laughs> <laughs> so then he Do started. I know you? Yeah, he started uh, wandering around and he saw the signs, you know, CrossFit Regional. He was like, well, shit. You know, and he went in, watched a couple uh, watched a couple heats. Wow. He said it was pretty cool. I didn't know. No. All right. Well, that brings this week's episode to a close. I'm Mo and I'm out. See you guys. Don't ask me again. Like... <laughs> Hey, bro, you got anything else? Yeah, I got you. Got about 10 more minutes of podcast to tell you.